Of course it is. Monday, Sunday night, it's somewhere in Australia. It's next week. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rocky Stucci's Situation Room, broadcasting from an undisclosed location. I hope everybody had a super fantastic weekend as those of you that follow the meatball on social media, uh, I was at a wedding. And so before I continue on, uh, my nephew Cody and his new beautiful wife Morgan, I just want to wish all of you, both of you, uh, very much love and respect and get out life and kick ass. It was a beautiful wedding and congratulations to all of you and, and well done. It was a beautiful ceremony. Cheers. Yeah. Awesome. Pictures were great, man. They was beautiful. Because you weren't looking at me. You're looking at my wife, bro. Well, you know, we got to pick our pleasures, brother. <laughs> and that wasn't hard. But I got to tell you, your mom and dad out there doing it, that was awesome. So my dad, hope, my dad is. That's right. When I get to be that age. Yeah. My dad's 71 and uh, my mom is 68 and uh, they just celebrated 50 years together, bro. And and I'll say this, Bauer. Um you know, life is tough on people, man. And, and, um, you know, we, we notice and we talk about this all the time, how, how things, not the appropriate word, but things are different in our current times. Um, but when I look back at my parents and I go back to my history bank, which is pretty fried out, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I know. But I look back at some of the trials and tribulations that my parents had through their marriage, through when I was a kid and my dad, a Vietnam vet, alcoholism, um, one thing I learned, though, is that love, true love, can fight through anything. And that is something that I've witnessed through my parents. You know, my dad is the, the lion. I, I don't know the best way to explain. He is the lion. He's the old school, east side, St. Paul, Italian, will eat your freaking face if you endanger him or his family, right? Mm -hmm. And my mom's the flip. My mom is the kind-hearted, soft. She cries when she watches anything. You know what I'm saying? And that's me. I, yeah. I get that from her. So I get both traits from my parents. And um, to see to see them have their struggles and fight through it together and, uh, you know, conclude that we're not perfect. We're human beings and life will eat us alive if we allow it to. And here they are 50 years of marriage later, um, six beautiful children, and they're still doing it. And I know there's a lot of people out there that don't have that life. They don't have parents. They don't have that special bond or relationship and um i'm blessed that i do uh and my heart hurts to those that that don't have that you know what i'm saying brother but they've been a great inspiration to me and and uh, I'm, I'm humbled to say that i'm their son brother you know uh, that that is so rare it's so beautiful it's so needed today you know to see examples of that and what you were saying about you know the different personality between your dad and your mom you know, to me, it sounds like that they, they are a yin and yang in motion. Um, and the, the yin and yang and the way that it's presented in the Taoist philosophy. And I uh, just want to make this point real quick. A lot of people think Taoism, Buddhism are religions uh, and Hinduism. They're not religions. They're belief systems in, in a philosophical perspective. But I think that to the point you were making, your parents they I, you could see it when they danced there was an ebb and a flow and a yin and a yang and a give and a, and a be together being together that was just it, it was natural and to me i would go so far as to say that love is yin and yang it is something when you have that true love there is a yin and a yang and a give and a take and an ebb and a flow and a being with and a being without that is just natural. And, you know, there's so many delineations of love, so many different, I mean, the, the Bible has got, I don't know, 15 of these things. And you can, uh, in different cultures around the world, the different languages, there are terms uh, for things that we may experience, but we don't have an English equivalent for. And I think that in a lot of times, in a lot of cases, the word love, whether it's the agape or the you know the the love the individual love of self or with others yeah, it's just used and abused but when you see it like you saw it in your parents that is a true expression of love you know i think you you said something before we came on the air and um you were talking about how you were out working on the coop today 
And, you know, some people may chuckle at that, but I grew up with homing pigeons, so I, I, that's all we ever did was work on the coop. Um, always upgrading it, always fixing it, always doing things. And um, there are certain times, I always tell people it's usually at the end of my day when I lay down, Bauer, is when mm-hmm. I do reflection. Uh, whether it be reflection of my day, reflection of my actions, reflection of my life, reflection of others. Um, it, you know, I think once we are able to look out our eyes with our own terms and our own conditions and not for the world, not, not to the world that, you know, not through the eyes that the world wants us to see, but through the eyes where we create our own individualism and our own realities. Mm-hmm. I look at people like, here, I'll give you a little example today. We went to Culver's today for dinner and, um, there was a girl that came out Culver's. You get a number, you go out and you drive and then you park and then they bring your food out. Then I seen this girl and I, I, so I want to say this properly. I don't want this to be a meatball moment. I want this to be for real. She looked like she struggled a lot. She struggled physically uh, by the looks of it and kind of shame on me for just assuming, but it looked by the looks of it though. She looks like she struggled a little mentally too. And instantly I just became heartbroken for her. And the only reason I became heartbroken for her is because when we look at data of human behavior globally mm-hmm. in our nation, in our cultures, in our towns, in our cities, we know that your average human being is a pretty vicious asshole. And my heart broke for this individual, this female, because I just instantly knew that her whole life was not just her pursuit of her own happiness but the pursuit of fighting the negativity and judgment from people that don't even know her or the beauty that lies inside of her. And, um, you know, so when we talk about individuals and we talk about global events, uh, we talk about national security that doesn't in any way discount our compassion for our fellow human species. You know what I'm saying, brother? Absolutely. And I think that's part of the problem of the narrative and, and the way that, you know, this weaponization of not only, you know, they start with the words and then they construct sentences and those become thoughts and ideas. And then those get, you know, uh, salted, peppered, juiced up and then spread around and served up to the masses. And unfortunately, um, going back to our discussion about the cosmic energy and we had talked about um, reincarnation and iterations and so forth, not everybody that is here at this time that we are sharing uh, are ready for the information and, and the experience that uh, others are. Um, it doesn't take anything away from their individual experiences. It doesn't take anything away from the people who are going through that, uh, dare I say, evolutionary aspect of their own iteration. But the real foundation of being empathetic of having empathy of having the sense of like you had seeing this this person in in the parking lot i mean you could sense the specialness the uniqueness of who she is you could see outwardly the difference that she is and you immediately were able to connect with i bet there's an uh, and, and a very difficult experience that she has had because of of what you saw and, and and the ways in which her energy has encountered with others. When you felt that, when you realized you had that moment of cognitive realization of what was really going on with that individual and, and her energy, that's a part of the enlightening of the of the evolutionary process of our individual souls and that is happening all over the place and unfortunately it's happening to people and they don't know it because they've been inundated and buried and and just completely consumed with this bastardized narrative of bullshit right um so one of the things that i'll say to that and i think that there's no doubt in my mind um and about the statement I'm about to make. There are people who have been not only placed here, but have chosen to come here at this time it, in this cycle of energy to be those who are 
who have taken accountability and responsibility to help awaken, to help clear the clutter of crap and to help people get to the real root of existence, of being, of, of a human being human. And all of the magic and all of the wonder and all of the mystery that is a part of what that means to be. And you, my brother, and the meatball army, the people that consume this content on a regular basis are all a part of that energy. They're all a part of this cycle of awakening and of being responsible and taking accountability for that awakening and to help it manifest. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't be here doing this. Or let me I ask would, you, you know, let me ask you something, brother. Um, when you reference like the meatball army, I, you know, like I, and I joke around on the show all the time. I, I, I always tell people, I'm like, if you're here watching, there's nothing normal about you. Um, and, and I would, you see what, and I would tell people to take that as a badge of honor, you know, because 99% of the people knew exactly what I was referencing when I say that, because I'm sincere when I say that, when you talk about the human species, the human race, and you know, so the majority of our society, the majority of our populations, they live every day of their life in the running fluid matrix that we are inundated with, right? Does that make sense? Absolutely. So when you reference the fact that some people, for one, are not ready to be spiritually awakened, um, when I flip it and I reference the people that are, what is it in life that somebody is prepared? You know, what, what is it a tragic event? What what is it in life that somebody needs to go through to be spiritually awakened? Because I know there's a lot of people that are not awoken, and when they hear us talk about some of these things, they look at what we talk about as woo-woo or foo-foo, you know, or the, the magical unicorn stuff. Um, what do they have to experience in life to open their minds up more to be able to jump into the universe that's right on our dinner plate? Well, I would say that that's extremely individual. It's highly tailored. Everybody's experience is, is very much different. Um, as we talked about in the last show, and again, I think I'm having deja vu all over again. You know, when I was a dolphin in some previous iteration. Yeah, I got your picture, bro. <laughs> I saw that picture. And uh, and YouTube and Yahoo, or <laughs> thank you very much for sharing that one. Oh, uh, as, long, as well as my LinkedIn profile and every place. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of requests and you don't want to know what they're saying. Um, but I think that you, to the point of your question, every individual has their own journey, their own path, their own set of experiences that are going to be aspects of what it is they need to go through, to learn, to experience in order to, to grow through and to the next level of of awakening and, and, and enlightenment. Um, I've had, you know, me, uh, I'm a data guy, right? I'm a technology guy. I'm an Informatica guy. I'm a metrics matters guy. I, I like to see components and nuggets of knowledge and I like to see them individually and collectively and connectedly. Okay. So I, I, you know, process modeling. Once you do process modeling, you, it can be both a curse and it can be an, an amazing blessing because it helps you get through steps. So I say, at least in my experience, and this may be just something unique to me that I'm learning and that I'm here to learn through, is that I say this, you have to have an experience before you have knowledge. You have to have knowledge before you have understanding. You have to have understanding before you have wisdom. And you have to have wisdom before you have enlightenment. Now, you can take each one of these individual things and, you know, for, for example, until you have an experience, and the experience can be something just a light bulb that goes off in your head, to a car crash and everything in between. Well, until you have that experience, you really don't know much about it. Right? Right. Now, once you know something about something, now you can start having information that can lead to an understanding. For me, people that are here that aren't ready for some of this, 
I guess you could say, yeah, they're ready because they're here. But that doesn't mean that they're on that continuum that I just laid out. They're here for the experience. They don't know what it is yet. Or maybe they've had the experience and they're trying to get more knowledge about it. And that's why they're here, but they don't have the understanding. yet. So to me, those are the levels of not being ready, if you will. I mean, that, that's the way I would look do you, at do it. Do you think religions, hardcore religions, imprison people from that experience? Absolutely. Hell yeah, you just said that, bro. <laughs> here's, the, here's the deal. For 20 plus years, <laughs> and, and I have found this interesting. Uh, I've heard Robert Stanley say this recently with Jeff Darty. I've heard some others over the last two or three years say this. And I'm by no means saying that I came up with this. I just, my awakening to this, um, this aspect that I'm going to share with you happened about 25 years ago. And it maybe coincided with when I became a Taoist. But I think that within the next, back 25 years ago, I said within the next 50 years, religion will be exposed as the greatest hoax perpetrated on mankind. So we're about 25 years into it. I think it's been accelerated a little bit. People have been talking about time uh, shifts and, and uh, dimensional aspects that happened in the, from the, actually from about 2003 to about 2014, there's been a number of very bizarre things that have happened uh, that are evidentiary in, in, what, in what they are individually, but they seem to indicate there's some kind of time shift going on, speeding up, slowing down, dimensional portals, a number of different aspects from the cosmic energy side that seems to be going on. And I'm sorry, if you're here in the materium, if you were a conscious carbon-based unit on this planet, in this continuum with the rest of us, whether you know it's happening or not, it's happening to you as well. Now, being aware of those things, this is what we got into, you know, talking about uh, astrology and astronomy to astrology with Jeff Harmon. This knowledge and information about these energetic cycles have been on for a millennia and millennia upon millennia, and it hasn't changed. The knowledge is still the same. So if when you get deep into the aspects of the Jodish and Vedic that, that Jeff uh, works with, now you start getting into paranormal things such as elementals and mm -hmm. spirits and, and angel guides and the demons and the spirit world and all of these other manifestations of psychic energy, I guess it's probably, or maybe it's cos conscious energy, cosmic, let's, let's call it cosmological consciousness energy, because this stuff seems to exist in realms that you only get fleeting glimpses of. It pops in, it pops out. It's random. Sometimes it's consistent in one place. You know this, the paranormal work that you and Scotty have done. You have to go to a certain place to get that certain boom. Do you think, do you think that um, our physical existence has detached us from the universal consciousness? I would say that... That makes sense, right? You, you know where I'm oh, saying? Oh, yeah, 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 okay. absolutely. All right. I'm going to crawl way out on the thin twig of speculation. I'm going to posit this. It seems to make sense to me that there's something very unique in all of the information that's been, that we've been able to find and those, and even the information that's been channeled from the cosmos by people. And you have nothing more than the channeled information. Um, you got, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul, Paul Anka does a Basha, Basha, I think is his name, channels information. Remote viewers went and, and did a blind session on the entity that he channels. And they said, not only is this dude real, but he's androgynous. In other words, he, there is no male or female to him, but there, to it. But there is a consciousness there that is actually channeling through this individual who's uh, Daryl Anka, I think that's his name. Paul Anka is, is his brother, the famous one. So this guy just channels this information. I've heard all kinds of stories about people channeling things and, and the dangers of channeling. Jeff Harmon can get into this in particular. Um, when you let another spirit, Wayne Steiger talks about this, yeah. Jeff Jordy talks about this. When you let another, when you invite another spirit to come in and take over and do you, whatever it is that you're asking them to do, 
Ah, you know, that makes my orifice pucker just a wee bit. Well, no different than a Ouija board, right? Exactly. Same kind of thing. And you can even extend this into numerology and tarot cards and all kinds of other things. Reiki. And, yeah. And, and, and I do shiatsu. I, I work with the energy lines that I know from my experience actually exist. There are no entities. They are ch- uh, channels of energy. But I've squirreled way the hell off. And I'm going to try to get back into the point I was going to make. I think there's an excellent argument, a cogent one, to be made that there's something very unique about the human experience, wherein we are the connection between the cosmological energy and consciousness and the material. So our carbon-based manifestation in the material on our planet is so unique because it it connects the cosmic consciousness mm-hmm. with the material. And as a result of that, there's this emotive, emotional, um, very deep and intense experience that seems to be very unique, at least in the, definitely in the solar system, apparently in the galaxy, and some speculate within the universe. And this is one of the reasons all these invisible random entities have been here doing the probes, doing the research, taking the DNA, studying us, because there seems to be not much of this, if any of this experience going on with the rest of our space brothers and sisters, the rest of our cousins that are out there proliferating and have been around the universe and the cosmos for millions of years. So if that's true, it would seem to me it kind of explains some of the crazy random stealthy stuff that right. we all experience. So would you think now in the second half, folks, we're going to talk about um, the psychic phenomenon. Uh, so I don't know if this is a segue into that. We only got a couple minutes left here, Bauer. Um, but we have a mutual friend. I would prefer not to say his name on air um, because I don't like him anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> but when and we talk <laughs> when we talk about consciousness, do you believe that intelligent? Consciousness exists throughout the entire universe, and a very, very small percentage of that transforms into a physical form like a human being or an animal? Well, I think in order to answer that, the first thing you have to do is define intelligence. What is intelligence? How do you define intelligence? Just look at my picture, bro. Uh, Yeah, let's let's keep going (laughs) and see if we can find something else. (laughs) Um. No, seriously. What I mean, a dick. <laughs> hey, I wear proud. Um, the thing that this goes back to, you know, we've talked about several times the different aspects and the way that, you know, words and, and things are weaponized and, and the way that they're used in order to manipulate thought. Because you, you don't have emotions until you have a thought. And the thought is something that happens as a result of the senses that we have, that we you know, the, what Jeff refers to, Jeff Harmon, is the 3D, three-dimensional, five-sensory world that we exist in. So when you say intelligence, I got to tell you, brother, I know some really, really smart people that are just effing stupid. True, bro. True. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Smart people can be assholes. Hell yeah, smart, they can. Smart people can be idiots. Um. So you say, well, where does smart fit in the intelligence stack? Well, they're watching smart on the intelligence stack right here. If you're watching on Mojo TV or freaking YouTube. Bauer, we got a few seconds left here. Folks, on the other side of the microphone, our brother, Robert freaking Bauer, the professor. We're calling this Power Hour with Robert Bauer, baby. Yeah, bitches. What's up now? Of course, me, the emotional meatball right here. Mojo 5 Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, happy Monday. Watch more to come. Stand by. Don't go anywhere.
Dude, I got to tell you, I'm a little turned on by your finger movement there, bro. Well, I, um, I've i been known for my fingers. Dude, I'm saying I can see it. You're a guitar player. You're all doing this weird stuff going on, bro. My nipples are hard to say. Yeah, yeah well, you know, sometimes you, if you, it's all on the fingers. It's all on the touch. And sometimes all you have to do is make sure that you have a good blow. Like, whoa, dude, I felt that. That was the weirdest shit ever. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, <laughs> when, when, you, when you think about the whole psychokinesis, the whole psychological uh, paranormal realm, how many times have you had an experience where it was just like a little breeze? Some like a breath or something, just a cool wind that just came by and raised the follicle expressions on the back of the nape of your neck. So honestly, um, truly the only location that I can actually say that I felt a breeze and the only logical explanation was a paranormal event would be the Fern Hill house. I've done it. I felt it in a couple different locations, but there was ways to explain a breeze as well but what i'm talking about like you just mentioned is like a piercing cold um mm-hmm. that literally it's not like somebody just going on the back of your neck it's it's like a breeze that goes through your body and i, I guess i can't mm-hmm. explain it correctly bauer you know well let's say it's that chill that people have when they they, they get that sh- it makes you shudder right mm-hmm. it, it brings a vibration where you you go oh what the hell was that um i personally the only time that I had some type of what I would consider a paranormal experience was with a choir girl in church who was a little tiny petite thing. I'm listening, bro. I'm listening. She was, she was so sweet and, and gorgeous. And she, you know, I, I, she wanted some of the professor. She wanted to touch your butt, bro. She's like, I'm going to take you to the beach. And we're going to sit out on the beach and over at uh, Audrey knows this place, Bolsa Chica. Okay. Bolsa Chica okay. has great okay. big concrete fire rings. That isn't, that just... an, isn't that in Newport? Uh, no, it's between Huntington and um, uh, Huntington Beach and I can't think of the other. It's right at Warner, Warner and Pacific Coast Highway. Dude, you know, I stayed in Newport for a while, just saying. Oh, you did? I did. Yeah. Went yeah, to chef school there. Newport Beach was the last place that I lived before I moved to Chicago. And, uh, I could see, I could see why Audrey loves it. If you're not into politics, beautiful place to live. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know where these these people have just polluted it out there with the politics. Yeah, but anyway, she t- she says, "I'm going to take you to the beach. I'm I'm I want to, you know, I want to share that moment with you." Ooh. Well, I'm in. We're in my '65 Ford Econoline van, right? Old Pack Bell van, three on the tree. Six banger in between, and uh, she's a little petite thing, and she's sitting on the on the engine cover, right? And we're parked, and I'm reaching around, going to grab my guitar and try to serenade her a little bit. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she does one of those exorcist things. Her head, she looks over at me. Her head, literally, it looked like it had transformed. What? And this male nasty ass voice just started oh, hell and no and just did this whole thing you leave her alone Shut she's up. mine did dude. this whole no oh, dude i'm telling you i got chills right now i'm not even lying look at oh, I, yeah I, my yeah, the, the van had those uh vinyl seats my ass was sucking onto that seat i i was scared the daylights out of me so i looked at her it him whatever it was and in my most, the, with the most energy I could muster, I looked and I said, come get it. Oh, whoa, power. Right? Because I figured the only way I was going to, if I wimped, you know, this little beautiful girl was going to come after me and just, you know, probably eat me and after spewing green shit all over me. So did she know? So, okay. I don't know. If she, I don't know that she knew that that, that, that was coming through her. All I know is that what I experienced was what would, I guess, be traditionally referred to as a possession. There was a spirit that inhabited her that came through her. I don't think that she, I didn't get a sense that she was conscious of it. 
we talked about it afterwards. She didn't remember anything. There were two more incidences where it started to manifest. Now, some people, you know, psychologists could say, well, that was all in her head. That was some psychological thing that was happening that made her manifest that and not have control over it. Then you go over to the religious side and then you go to the, you know, the new age side and all these other different areas. And they say, no, that was, that's how these energetic spirits can manifest themselves through either willing or unwilling or knowing or unknowing individuals. You know what kind of popped through my head though? Um, there have been some cases with multiple personality disorder to where mm-hmm. people will act out as an individual and not remember that. But when it comes to shit like this, Bauer, when you told me that, dude, I got chills, man. And I'm pretty receptive towards these kind of things. And, and, um, I find this topic fascinating, especially coming from somebody like you, because it's unfortunate that in this field, it's full of people that exaggerate shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you well, and, this- I, and I have to, I have to tell you, I've never, I have not had an experience like that since. So did you sleep with her? Just saying. Well, she slept on me. Yeah. Okay. No, a ser- it was a serious question, oh, yeah. though. Was oh, it yeah. good? Oh, yeah. Yeah, w- yeah, yeah. Was it okay? Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. when you saw her act out like this, mm-hmm. and then it was after that when you guys did the wild thing. Mm-hmm. No, we actually had done the wild thing before. Oh, okay. Um, and that's why she was able to talk me to taking her down to the beach. Oh. You know, okay. Yeah, this is going to be good. So I'm. I'm all ready for a great time and another romp. And this came out of nowhere. And it was, it was so intense. I mean, her facial expression, everything, it looked like she was going through some kind of metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. There was a physical change in, in her structure, not just her face and her skin and her muscles and her eyes and her voice and everything else. There was, the, I, I saw this, it was morphing. It was physically changing yeah. not not drastically she didn't go into you know eyeballs right. hanging out and you know skin and all this crap yep. just the her eyes the way her mouth opened there was some spit oh. and and she and she arched up and there was this strength i could feel this intense strength within her and she's just a little shit i mean she was maybe five foot 100 pounds dripping mm-hmm. wet um, but I could tell there was a there's there's was a definitive physical alteration in her, and this lasted, I want to say fifteen or twenty seconds, and at the end when I came back at it, because we were both in the same church, so mm-hmm. I was this is the Pentecostal church that I was in. Could it possibly be that she had something had attached to her from the church, from the demons and the spirits from that were the involved? church? See, that's profound that right. you say that because a lot of people feel like that's the safe place, but don't realize that there are entities like what you're referring to that prey on holy places. Uh, isn't it like the fertile ground for? I mean, to me, logically, you would go, "Well, if I'm an evil spirit and I want to go find victims and people, I'm going to go mess with." I'm going to go over there where they're ringing that bell at noon on Sundays and they're singing all these things out of these books because they are all of the um, people don't realize that when they if you think about it, all churches, all religious doctrines. And I'm talking religion, not not philosophies, not not like Taoism, Buddhism, Hinduism and so forth. But these particularly Judaism and Islam in particular and all the variants that they have within each one of those categories. Mm-hmm. They're all practicing magic. They're all practicing things that are conscious intention to bring about some type of interaction, some benevolent favor from some invisible entity that has a proclivity for that particular thing. Look at the Catholics. How many saints of this, that, and everything else that do these people have? Um, you've got, uh, who is it? St. Mark that protects this. You've got St. Peter that does that. You got St. Mary that does this. You got St. Paisan. That's the saint of pizzas. I mean, hell yeah. You got St. Paisan, bro. <laughs> I mean, why do you have to have all of these people <laughs> responsible for all this little important shit? And, and then you got to have this thing, this, uh, rosary with a bunch of beads on it. You got to count them and rub them and do all this other stuff. 
All of that is nothing more than alchemical magic. Mm-hmm. It's all intentional, conscious uh, div- divination. Mm-hmm. Divination is magic. Um, psychokinesis is magic. Yep. The force of will. Uh, theurgy, which is asking spirits and gods to do something on your behalf, doing God's work on your behalf. It's all a bunch of conscious energy that's based on intention that if you're lucky enough to have subscribed to a particular belief system that has laid out for you how to get a pizza, pray to Brother Paisan. Brother Paisan, bro. I mean, really. Uh, So what does that say to me? It says to me that spirits like this little, this girl that apparently was either had, had a spirit fly through, Mm -hmm. do a momentary drive by and, you know, try to mess with me, mess with the wrong guy. Hell yeah, they did. I pushed back. I wasn't going to take any shit from no invisible shit. Hell no, you weren't bro. And, and he was messing with this little girl that was about to give me a good time. Not a good move. That's where you draw the line right there. There was lines drawn. So, um, and, 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 <laughs> and, and the lines went to the back of the van. Um, she, like I said, lasted about 15, 20 seconds. And when I got back in its face and I exerted my energy back at it, I got to tell you, down deep inside, that orifice was puckered hard. But my exterior and the energy that I was manifesting, like, you ain't going to get this one, dude. Soon as I got back, I mean, I got right in her face. She dropped. What? Dropped her head and just went limp. And I went, hmm, not so tough, are you, Mr. D? Oh, power. Dude. So I do have to say that there was a very profound experience uh, on that was a very profound experience on, on multiple levels. One, it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Two, it empowered me because I didn't know if I didn't, you know, my first thought was she's making this up to try to just get more, more booty. You know, maybe it's her way to get, you know, excited or something. She hadn't shown it to me before, but you know, we all run into, we all have relationships where at some point in a relationship, one or the other person pulls out, you know, something with batteries or jelly or something that you didn't know it was going to come. And you're like, Oh, you're one of those. You like some kinky stuff. And you roll with it. Let me ask you something. I just had this thought come into my head. When we talk about uh, those with psychic abilities, uh, you know, I, I'm i not saying I'm a psychic. I think I'm more empathetic, and I don't even think empathy is a psychic ability. I don't know or not. All I know is that when I go out in public and I look in people's eyes, it's like I get a flash of their life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, or I feel their current status of emotion. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about what you're referring to here, uh, whether it be a demonic possession or a possession of some form, do you believe that there's also possibilities that psychics could, like true psychics, could actually not knowingly be possessed by other entities to manipulate the information this psychic is giving to their clients? Um, yes, and let me and let me preface. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a deeper answer with this. I think everybody is psychic. Right. I think psychic abilities are an inherent, innate, a part of our materium experience in a carbon form. Your psychic can tell you become religious. That is profound. That is extremely, I, I subscribe to that straight up 100%. Until somebody tells you what your psychic experience is, um, you are naturally psychic. And if you take whatever definition somebody decides to throw on you as an explanation for your psychic experiences, yeah, you're either going, they're either going to be enhanced or they're going to be limited or they're just going to be kind of stuck in the middle of the road. Empathy is a part of the psychic resonance, in my opinion. So when you are empathetic to someone or an empath, you are psychically reading that energy from them. Um, so everybody is psychic. If everybody's psychic or everybody has psychic capabilities, everybody has it in varying degrees. Some people are profoundly tuned in and are going through multiple iterations where they are really fine-tuning that shit. So can a psychic be possessed and guided by 
and energy that they are uh, calling upon, whether they're calling upon it or not. Uh, and had that uh, energy influenced the reading? Absolutely. Uh, when you think, yeah, you look at tarot, right? Tarot is nothing more than a way in which to interpret the energies. And when you look at, you know, it's a deck of cards, but they are cards that are specifically defined for different aspects of the cosmic, the consciousness energy experience that we all have. You've got the wands, you've got the pentacles, you've got the chariot, um, you have the cups. These are all used in standard tarot. And then you have oracle decks, you have all kinds of different, you have animal spirit decks. And all of these to me are ways in which the natural energies of the cosmos are given an identity in a form of, a, of words and in pictures. And if an individual is open to letting the energies channel, if you will, through the use and, and the shuffling of the cards, because there's, there's two aspects of this. First, you have the shuffle, or the first thing you have is the intent. What am I doing here? I know, um, angels, heavens, and the spirits, I'm looking to give cancers their energetic read for the week ahead from July 22nd to July 31st. Please tell me what cancers need to know. Please tell me about their loves, about business, and about this, and about that. So they're giving an intent consciously to the energy of the cosmos and asking that energy to translate that request into whatever cards unfold, whatever cards fall out. So that's the first part of it. Once that happens, and, I, and to me, it, it makes perfect sense. If And, and it goes back to your question about uh, can these readers, uh, psychics, can they be influenced by the energies that, that occur when anybody's doing a reading or when they're doing, you know, whether it's a psychic reading like Casey or whether it's somebody like Scotty doing tarot, okay? The intent and this place of that individual has to be as pure as possible, has to be free of their own bullshit in order to have as clear a reading as possible, in order to connect uh, as cleanly to the energies that you're asking for guidance and information from. So you have to start there. Got to be clear. That's why a lot of them burn sage. A lot, you know, they mm -hmm. uh, do different things in order to get into a place. They'll meditate in order to get into a place to do the initial read. And I'll be honest with you really quick, Bauer. I, this is why I've always been <laughs> skeptical on Reiki healing because I've always been afraid that their current conscience state will be downloaded into you if people are doing a Reiki onto you. It's like they're transferring their conscience, good or bad, without mm -hmm. clearing their mind into you. And that's, I don't know if that would be karmic energy, uh, but it would be definitely something downloaded into you through that Reiki healing. All of us are channels of the energy of the cosmos. Mm -hmm. And depending on what your intent and, and what, you're, what you're trying to achieve by channeling that energy, you've got to make sure that at least your, your vessel of that channeled information is as balanced as possible. Right. Um, I learned this when I became a Shiatsu practitioner and we had to learn the, you have to apply this to whatever you're doing, whether it's herbology, uh, effleurage, massage, uh, the Chinese meridian theory or whatever, anything that you're trying to evoke and, um, trying to impart some type of knowledge, information, energy, etc. You got to know that the first place you have to start is where are you? Are you balanced enough to make sure that you're not screwing with the, you may get a great download, but your energy is doing right and left turns and uterus is all over the place. And, and it's not going to get either where it's supposed to go, or it's not going to get as much as it should. Right. So going back to the tarot and the psychic side of it, first thing you're doing is asking the energy of the universe to use the cards to give information, to give some type of specificity to what's going on. If you get past that, the next thing, the most important thing is the interpretation of the cards that come out. And <clears throat> like I said, you've got uh, in the in Tarot, there's an amazing, beautiful, uh, Scotty's deck is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a, there's a whole bunch of them out there. And there's some that are very famous, very used consistently. They have great results. How do you know they have great results? People do the readings, and then people come back and say, 
what you said exactly happened. It's the same thing that happens with, with astrology, with like what Jeff does. I've used Jeff for my astrological readings for electional and um, interrogative astrology for five or six years. And when you do electional and, and interrogation, you are doing the same thing essentially that you're doing with Tarot. And we're going to get into this in the series to explain how the commonalities yet the differences are, are very important. But basically it's about asking a question. When you do interrogation astrology, you're, you're saying, I want to know about this. And the aspect of where the heavens are, what the energies are, what's rising, what's setting, what's conjuncting, etc. At the moment of the question is what's important to finding the right information through the chart. So when you go back to the, again, to the Tarot, and, and numerology is probably the one that is the most disconnected from the intent of the question because it's simple numbers. There's nothing, you, the numbers have their own definitions and their own expressions, and they're not going to tell you anything other than what that number means or what that combination of numbers, numbers mean. Whereas if I wanted to say, uh, ask a question, you know, should I go after this job? Should I do a show with Rocky today? Which I probably should have cast a couple of cards on that. <laughs> 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 so that's an intentional active participation of being involved with the cosmos and the energy at that time. It's different when the, the, the person that's being the channel, the channeler to the channel E, if they're, if they know each other, if there's some kind of conflict, if there's energies that don't uh, are not compatible can screw up the entire reading. I think that that's, I think this is part of what happens with the manifestation of paranormal. Um, I think that there are expressions of these energies and these personalities and souls, and they just seem to be so freaking rare. Uh, it's just like the Space Brothers. Yeah, they're out there. I, there's no doubt in my mind, they probably manipulated and created us a few million years ago. And we've probably gone through three or four cycles. But these brothers and sisters are stealthy. You don't see them all the time. They don't show up everywhere. And if they're doing this control thing where there's the dark side and the light side and the archons and, and the Palladians and, you know, the good ones, and they, they, some have been kicked off. Some have just said, screw it, I'm out of here. Some are scragglers. I mean, you listen to all these different interpretations of stories, and there's some commonalities. They're rare. They don't seem to be happening very often. And those that do... Um, don't have a whole lot of evidence other than what they've either been told or what they heard during the experience. So I think that there's a great universal narrative of a cacophony of crap. And I think that in a lot of ways, not only probably there's some of this may be perpetuated from the, the uh, characters in the cosmos, if you will, but unfortunately, I think a lot of it has created ourselves. Oh. I think there's a lot of self-delusion. Um, I think there's a lot of things that start with a modicum of truth. And then they get bigger than they actually are. Right. And then people latch on to them. Yep. And then they take their piece and that's right. whipped cream on it. And they start oh. serving it to this group over here. Hell yeah, whoop cream, bro. And then, you know, the next thing you know, you got some grape jelly with a little uh, flamboye over here. And then you got some Grand Marnier. And the next thing you know, you're rubbing it all over your body. Hell yes, you are. You know what I'm saying? Dude, you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so, visualizing you rubbing grape jelly on your nipples. I'm sorry, bro. It's just in my mind right now. Well, the one thing I got to tell you, be careful with Grand Marnier. It's edible. Oh, I thought it was drinkable. Well, it depends on, you know, what you put it on. Damn, Bauer. You drip it on, you know, little parts of skin here, a little nipple there, what a little the? belly button there, you know. What the hell's going on with you today, bro? I think it was the chicken poop. Oh, yeah. It shit does that, bro. Shit, no, yeah. literally, shit does that to you. <laughs> the, the nit that nitrogen, man, that shit, you smell that shit for after a while and you're like, 
I was that a bowl I just smoked, or was it a chicken coop I just cleaned? Chicken poo. Chicken poo. Do I like Bauer or, or the wait wait the the <laughs> shit, dude? I had it. Did I write it down? <laughs> Power hour with Robert Bauer, bitches. Oh baby, mm-hmm. Power hour with Robert Bauer. Sounds like a sounds like a show. So we got a couple minutes here, Bauer. Um, okay. Tell everybody you're working on putting this series together with you and Mr. Harmon. Um, yes. I'm super freaking excited about this, and I want to just lay the platform out. Give us a, an estimated ETA, whether it be three weeks, a month, next week, tomorrow, uh, on what you're going here, because people are fascinated by this subject. Well, this subject is going to be one of those. It's essentially going to be an infomentary, uh, if you will. Um, the idea is to take you know the the second part of the informatica series, which we call the content in the continuum, mm-hmm. and in that in that that uh, particular episode, what we did was identify that regardless of the of the medium, meaning whether it was cut on stone, uh, written on animal skins, papyrus, bone, whatever, all the way through Gutenberg up to our Uniblabs that now carry the universe in our pockets. There's been one consistent piece of information that has is the most in-depth, the most consistent, the most profound, and I and Jeff both believe the most important going forward, and that is the whole concept of astrology. So what we're doing is we're taking, the, the, the working title right now is Astronomy to Astrology, The History, Mystery, science, math, and magic of astrology. And within that data set, within those individual delineations, what is the informatica of each one of those and why is it important? We're, we've got the outline. In fact, I just got a text from Jeff. I got to call him tonight to go over our outline and make sure we have the first uh, pieces together correctly because we want it to be a methodical introduction and analysis of these components of, of knowledge. Because everything, everything springs from this. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's uh, science or religion. Um, and I think one of the most profound things, and I'm probably gonna do this as a separate series, is about the, the mastery and the magic of music. Oh, everything, everything can be explained and taught through magic. Got my Language, attention. math, all these things, music, is the key to the mastery of the mind. Amen, brother. We're going to talk a little bit about that in in the astronomy to astrology, but um, we're about three weeks away. Three weeks away. Ladies and gentlemen, brother Robert Bauer breaking shit down tonight like he always does. Bauer, thank you for being here, man, especially late notice. Folks, visit the website, streamingtalkradio.com. This week, I am auctioning off this shirt with the gloves I wore down at the Celebrity Softball Tournament. Ladies and gentlemen, rule number one, don't take shit from nobody. Love the hell out of each and every one of you guys. Good night, everybody.